This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, hello. Welcome back to That Mill Podcast. Uh, a little, little little different show today. We're going to be recovering yesterday's 2-1 victory, or Monday night's 2-1 victory, after extra time against Sheffield United, which saw Mill crowned as PDL champions, Professional Development League. My name's Omar. Uh, joining me today, I've got Mr. Joe Zamper. Hello, guys. You're right. Hi, Omar. How you doing? You okay? Yeah, it's a bit foreign. This leading the reins on my own show that I've got done for a little while. So, it's been a while, isn't it? It has. It has. Really looking forward to this little chat, mate. Because obviously, a great win for us yesterday, wasn't it? A two-one victory after extra time. A lot of talking points. A lot of things we'll cover, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, well, we'll get straight into that. I guess let's go straight into it, mate. I mean, two-one win. We're champions of the Professional Development League. Not bad. I was going to ask you, actually, because I, I, I felt a little bit stupid yesterday. I, I posted um, a quick little video of them celebrating. I thought it was brilliant. I put on there, oh, yeah, fantastic. You know, we've we, we won the playoffs and we, we've mm-hmm. been promoted. But technically, we've not been promoted and we're not going anywhere. We're remaining in the league. No. So I'm hoping you, being a bit of a football guru, can explain <laughs> to me and the listeners, what is the Professional Development League final? What does it actually represent? Okay, cool. I'll try. I do know the answer. I'll dim it down as much. Well, not dim it down. I'll just explain it as simple terms as possible because it's very confusing and convoluted. If you look into like the youth setups for like English football in general, you've got something called the EPPP, which is the Elite Player Performance Plan, and basically that's split into categories. So Mills a Category Two Football Youth Academy, and Cat One is the Premier League, notoriously, and all their like, big clubs. You pay a fee to be this certain club, like standard sort of thing for youth level, and then you have certain facilities to back it up and fit the criteria. Um, so we are, I think at the time it was a big deal because it was when we was in League One and we pushed to be Category 2, which was like, oh, Mill's kind of giving us a little go. And you could maybe argue we'll reap some rewards from that now, so to speak. But basically, this is our ceiling because we're not Category 1. And Category 1 is like the Premier League 2 version. So if you look at the Premier League clubs, they've got the PL2, and then this is what we're in, which is the PDL, Professional Development League, which is the uh, best of the rest, so to speak, after the Premier League. That, so makes, that makes sense, doesn't it, then? It makes absolute sense. Because I was thinking, I couldn't quite get my head around that. I couldn't quite understand how that would work, you know, because I was thinking, well, surely if they're that good, yeah. next season we're up with the likes of the Man City Academy, Liverpool Academy. Sure. Maybe it's not quite, it's not the case. And Yeah. So that, does that matter? So the category is a big, a big part. No matter how good our team may be, even if our team were good enough to beat, you know, 
Chelsea's a capable shot, which I don't think they will do. But listen, they did. The fact that we're category two, it doesn't allow us to play with these sort of teams. Especially at 21's level, yeah. I think under 18's obviously got the FA Youth Cup and stuff. And then I don't know the structure too much of that. But I know for 21's, which used to be the 23's, uh, we've got the category one teams in the Premier League two, it's called. Um, and that's where like you see like you're allowed to play three or four under 23 players or under 21 players and stuff like that. And that's got, obviously the level we were talking about yesterday as well. And that's why we play Sheffield United because we won the regional playoff last week, which made us the champions of the Southern Division. And then yeah. Sheffield United won the Northern part against, I think, Hull maybe last week or I can't remember who they played. But um, basically then the two teams play each other afterwards to decide who's the best team. And obviously we yeah. get home and we got the result, didn't we? So, Brilliant. yeah, I mean... And the reason we got the home tie over them, do you know... I think it was the coin toss. I'm guessing on that one. Um, I think it might, I mean, it might have just been a simple fact of a coin toss. I think one of the guys yesterday was saying, oh, what if it was a neutral venue like Milton Keynes or something? But I went, well, if it's at Milton Keynes, you won't have many Sheffield United fans there and you won't have many Mill fans there. Yeah, not many. No, and we'll talk about the atmosphere and stuff, I think, because I think that's worthy of mention. But, you know, I think without that, it was a great experience for the players, wasn't it, really, I suppose you could say? Uh, 100%. I mean, uh, I, I thought there'd be a good few hundred there and they mm-hmm. turned out to be about 2,000, weren't they? Because the whole, you know, um, Kitchener stand at the top there was was almost full, wasn't it? Pretty much, and um, yeah. it was it was really nice. I felt I felt you know it was great for the uh, for the youngsters, you know, to have that kind of support, that kind of following. It kind of gives them a little bit of a taste as well as what may come, you know, if they were to get into the first team and how they would kind of play to that type of crowd. Obviously, the crowds be bigger when you play for the first team, but I thought they um, they responded well. I thought a few of them connected really well with with the fans as well you see a few of them kind of like doing the old fist pump and you know trying to get the fans sort of going which i thought was really, really nice you know they, they obviously get it you know they understand how important the fans are in, in um in how they play and, and what they do but no, i think it was a really, really good atmosphere i was pleasantly surprised i was, I was quite enjoying it yeah. definitely i think the first telltale sign for me was even getting to the ground and i drove down thinking oh maybe i might be able to get a cheeky spot in the zampa car park i was a little bit late and then Literally, they said straight away, oh, no, you, you, you can't park here. And the steward's working on the gate. And it's like, oh, it's quite a pleasant surprise because, like, everyone was there in their numbers, weren't they? Even from the get-go, you this is a bigger team than you probably thought it would be, I suppose. I, I must have got there about 10 minutes before you did, because when I got there, literally, I think they just get the last few cars in. I had to park yeah. up on a grass verge somewhere. I thought, <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Like, there's too many cars, too many people. Like, have, I, have, I, yeah. Yeah, have I kind of, like, you know, have I been in a coma or something? Is it now the start of the season? Is it a pre-season game? <laughs> It did seem like I did, didn't it? There was a lot, yeah. a lot going on. Definitely. And then there was queues to get tickets and stuff. And it was like, obviously, yeah, as in general, it was great. Like, obviously, atmosphere and stuff. And that showed through. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about the game. We obviously have quite limited knowledge in the sense of the 21s before yesterday. It's the first time I've seen them play this season. Seen a few of them play featuring the first team and a couple of them playing pre-season, start of the season, just gone. Mm. Um, but we'll go through the team. We had um, right in goal, Joe Wright. Um, and then right back was Walker. Left back was Adam Malachi. Uh, centre-halves was Smith and Okoli. Then you had Lawson in central midfield of Alfie Allen. And then you had Amaku, Abdelmalik, Eze and Byratang as kind of a four up front. That kind of interchanged at times, I felt, didn't it? I mean, we'll talk about the game in general, but it, it felt like a kind of a 4-2-3-1, didn't it? Which was, I guess, similar to what the first team were playing towards the end of the season and that continuity. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I mean in, in the old days, what you, what you quite often happened, when you had a reserve team and a first team, quite often... The, the the reserve team will replicate how the first team would play. So the manager would have a formation and then they will want the reserve team to play in a very similar sort of way. 
I guess it makes sense for the the youngsters coming through to to adapt to a very similar style. Um, if we're playing with three at the back or five at the back, I'm sure they would be having a system that would obviously be very similar to that in in a sense that if they're called upon to play for the first team, they know the system, they can they can, they can break straight into it and almost kind of fall fall in. Um, but that was it. You know, it, it was very. It was, I think it was a quite nice balance to the side. Yeah. You know, I thought the fence looked strong. I mean, we could talk about the players a little bit later individually, but I just thought collectively, I think the defence looked strong, they looked, looked organised, um, midfield looked good, there was, a, there was a bit of pace as well, I thought, you know, in, in the attacking three midfielders, yeah. and um, Matthew up front, who's obviously the young Irish lad we signed um, last season, yeah. um, who I thought, you know, done, done quite well, he sort of run, run the um, the line quite well up front there, I thought he helped, he helped up quite well, did a decent job until obviously he, he hopped off near the end of course you know yeah definitely I agree I think I agree with you on the structure I thought you know as the game played out especially the early stages we had quite a dominant spell in the game I feel like the first half hour or so um, and came out the blocks really flying I guess the atmosphere played a part loads of middle fans there I don't think I don't know the official numbers for Sheffield United but there weren't many Sheffield United fans there it felt like and next to none really? I guess but... your friends maybe I'm yeah. guessing if you might Travelled down for it, not many, but then they yeah. did cheer. You heard the cheer when they scored, didn't you? Yeah, maybe you know, yeah. there's certainly a lot of hands raised, weren't there? You could see it from the distance, from the side, or kind of over the uh, the far end. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, obviously, and then I think, like I said, like the first half hour was was all Millwall. Really, it felt like I, yeah. I don't. It, I didn't feel like there was too many opportunities for Sheffield United, and we got our goal, didn't we, through Eze, which was a good build up to the goal. I think uh, Joe as well. I mean, I've not seen it back, but to my knowledge, it was. Shamar Lawson, number four, who picked the ball up in midfield, um, travelled a bit a bit from the D of like the, of the, of the halfway line, picked out Amaku, who done a little good control turns, a little bit of a fake shot, and then the keeper parries it. Probably should have done better the keeper. It wasn't the most difficult shots, maybe you could say. And then Eze's there following him, which was a good finish. Obviously, he was there to finish it. And it was interesting after the game, his interview, where he said, he learned that from the first team, where he said, they said to me, make sure you follow up on all your shots, all the shots into the box and stuff. And, there's the experience of playing the first team already benefiting a player like Eze, who, for me anyway, in the first half was a real standout for us and clearly above the rest, it felt like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I heard that bit as well and I thought that was great that he, he obviously thinking about that. He's thinking about his game, seeing where he could improve and, and, he, and he's trying to get into those areas, which is, which is great and it paid off for him. I mean, going back to the start, the build-up was great. I thought the young lad Lawson, is it Jamal Lawson, you say his name was? He uh, was one of, the standout, one of the standout players for me. He's he's actually on loan to Maystone United for the most of the second half of the season, and they got relegated. Maystone United, they got relegated, but he played a couple goals as well. Saw on his Instagram, but I think he's allowed to play because it was a youth loan, so that he was on loan but could still play for twenty weeks. Featured, yeah, yeah. Maystone, and I think you could see that early doors. I thought his physicality and he looks a bit more. He was very athletic, wasn't he? Like he was very quick at the tackles. He he, he read the situation very well. He got around the pitch really, really well. Um, there's a lot of tired legs um, towards the end of the game. A lot of players were going down with cramp. And again, about the, the amount of running he did, yeah. I don't think he went down once. He seemed very, very strong. I quite like yeah. him. I'd love to see him feature next season. Not bit he gets an opportunity to be on the bench and come on maybe at the end. Um, but no, the brick work from him to find a Mackie, like you say, and Mackie does some some great work there, sort of trickery to sort of drop the shoulder. Get onto his favoured, I think it's his favoured left foot. And, you, and you're right, SA sort of did what, what, what he had to do and kind of get into that area and put, put it away. So it was a good good goal. And, yeah. And and, and deservedly so. I think we deserved that that 1-0 um, start, you know. 
And at that point, you're thinking, okay, here we go, two nil, three nil. But it wasn't quite to happen, was it? No, I think I think they're notoriously end to end from when I've seen like reserve games or twenty ones in the mm. past. I've not seen a lot this season, but you're right to point up obviously like say about the style of play. But it's also a lot, a lot of neat passing and build up play and stuff, which we don't normally see, at least from our side, a lot in the, in the championship. But I think you can see like it's one of those games where like it's kind of peaks and troughs because. The, f- the team will come out and dominate the first 20-30. Then afterwards, Sheffield United should have and probably could have uh, made it 1-1 before half-time. They hit the crossbar, didn't they? I think the number 11 done a bit of trickery skill and almost mm-hmm. scored to make it 1-1. Joe Wright made a couple of good saves from set pieces and stuff like that to keep us kind of into the game at 1-0 really at half-time. And I think it's that sort of game, isn't it? Where like they they will kind of be peaks and troughs where they're not there for the full 90 minutes, I guess, the young players essentially. Yeah, I mean, Pot was wondering because um, I heard that I didn't see him, but I heard Gary Rout was there um, yesterday, and he came down to watch the um, watch the boys. And I think a couple of players were there. Zian Fleming being one of them, which is quite good for him to sort of turn out. I mean, um, you expect Rout to be there if he's available to be there, be there because you know you got to look at your your young stars coming through. You got to look at them in a you know in, in a quite high intensity game in an important match. See how to kind of deal with it situation, and whether or not they've got the, the attributes and the characteristics to potentially get into the first team. So I'm sure he'll be quite pleased with what he saw there uh, and the character of the players. Um, but part of me was thinking, did he go down there at half-time and have a word with them? Because they came out very rabbit, didn't they, the second half? Yeah. You know, quite defensive and they did sat, sit back quite a little bit and inviting the pressure on. And you think, hang on a minute, the first half, you were a joy to watch. You know, it was attacking, free-flowing football. I was loving it. I thought, geez, I haven't seen this all season. You know, and um, they look really good. But then, like yourself, after sort of half hour, they did kind of drop deep a little bit. I noticed a couple of times when um, the players were going to go forward, like SA was, and a couple of others, and you just saw um, Kevin Nugent there sort of like sort of, um, stop and sort of like do the signal to like to calm down, like to sit back. Mm-hmm. So I don't see um, Nugent being a defensive minded coach. I, I see him being quite attack minded and. and shows from the goals that you know these guys have been scoring all season but you, I do wonder with the formation we talked about earlier didn't we about you know them having to play a formation very similar to the first team do you think maybe even tactically right wants to play very similar to how he would normally play as in get behind the ball don't press you know counter that yeah. sort of thing maybe potentially I think you can see elements of the team and the style I suppose but I suppose you've also got to work with what you've got, haven't you, in a sense where like you can't force them to do too much of one thing. Maybe it's you know to balance the team as well and try and get results. And it's clearly worked because we're the best in the division and best in the country at that tier. So, um, but yeah, I, I do agree with you a bit. I think one thing you notice, like, yeah, you're right, the, te- the, the shape looks the same and the team lines up similar. But I think the physicality isn't there in that sense as well, which is obviously a strong element of our team. Um, you see at times players getting barged off the ball and stuff and because of the, they're youngsters, ain't they? And I think you do notice that in a sense, but it's a bit more slick and quicker, isn't it? I think, you know, you, yeah. you mentioned Abdul Malik, Boratain, who I thought was he quite was a good right, first really half. So I mean, quick. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And yeah. then like, we throw Eze into the mix as well and then Maku. I think it's just literally a case of like, give the four on the ball and ask them to do something magic with it and run the channels and run behind and it worked in the early stages anyway. Obviously, it's unfair to criticise the kids because they're still young and they're still learning their trade. They're still developing, aren't they? I mean, I was a little bit disappointed with, with Amaku. Not not in, in if he did wrong majorly, but I think for someone who's played immense football in Ireland for the last you know, two seasons, okay, he, he started there quite young, but he's playing competitive men's football for Shamrock Rovers when he last season. 
And um, I was quite surprised how easy he went down. It was a couple of tackles or a couple of headers he didn't win. He went down like, you know, like he'd been shot a couple of times. I'm sort of watching him thinking, fuck me, you're going to get like chewed up in the championship, yeah. especially with these big defenders. They'll, he'll do it once and they'll, they'll, they'll sniff the blood and they'll, they'll go at him. So again, I think it's all about learning. You can see probably why Rowett is a bit reluctant to kind of put these youngsters in just yet. And he's trying to bleed them in quite, quite slowly because there's one thing being good enough, but you've got to be right mentally. You've got to be able to sort of do the off the ball stuff as well. Well, which again, looking at Abdul Malik, great talent. I mean, Jesus, he was so quick. Um, but then I was, Try not to criticise him, but I will now very, very briefly just saying that off the board, I don't think it was that great. No. And you can see why someone like Rout would look at him and think, you know what? Talented kid, on the ball, brilliant, looks dangerous, very fast. But off the ball, sometimes he was looking over there. Yeah, the, the ball's going past. He wasn't paying attention. He wasn't in the right position. He wasn't doing, doing the right things. So they've, they've got a lot to learn, haven't they, these, these youngsters, I think. Yeah, I think... It's the best way of doing it is, I suppose, with Essay. You know, we're calling for Essay to play last year towards the end of the season and, you know, give him a game, give him a game, start him, start him, start him. But, mm. you know, Rowett's reluctance was based on the fact that there is that kind of element of defensively. They'll track back and, you know, lose their man. And they're critical mm. moments, I suppose, as the season draws to an end. So it's the balance stats, isn't it? I think, I think you know, he's obviously got the trust from the, the board and the club in general, right? But I think, you know, if the, unless the board are putting direct pressure on him to play the players, would you want to? Would you want to risk losing your job if youngsters concede silly goals and you know we have mm. mistakes and stuff? It's the it's the general pressures, isn't it? Because I think yeah. Harris when he was manager, I can't remember. Obviously, League One, you had Fred playing, you had Ben Thompson, O'Brien, all these players coming in. Sid Nelson mm. getting game. As soon as you got to the Championship, it's like the more money there, you know, players are invested in and stuff. It's, it's, yeah. So it's like if you if you can balance it, going well, I can throw a few young players in League One, but in the Championship, can you get away with it? And you know, ultimately, if you lose 10 games on the spin or if you don't get results, you might ultimately lose your job if you're at a club that is trigger-happy, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with you there. And, um, you know, I, for one, was pushing for SA to start a lot of games last season. You know, I wanted to see these youngsters coming through. But watching them yesterday, you could almost half, kind of half understand the reluctance, like I said, for Rout not to start them. And maybe that's why he's been a bit sort of clever and trying to kind of bleed them in uh, the way the way he has been. Because, um yeah, I think it's a, it's a big golf there. And I think I mentioned before, we watched a, um, a training game once. This was maybe... Uh, when, when was the international break when Bradshaw got caught up for um, Wales? March. 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 Wait, March. So it wasn't too long ago, a couple of months ago. And the first team played that team pretty much, mm-hmm. yeah, the under-21s. Um, we had no Bradshaw. There was no um, Savile, because I think he was with Northern Ireland and Cresswell was away with England. So there's a few players missing. Vogsam was up front, for example. You know, so it was kind of a little bit of a, 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 a sort of reduced sort of squad. But um, it was a 15, 20-minute game. And the men's first team just passed the ball around the under-21s. I think they, they got about 10% possession. And Vogsam was scored the goal at a 1-1-0 in this sort of training game. Mm-hmm. So you can see there, like, the levels, you know, and, and the physicality, like you said, is so important. I think when you're playing the championship in particular, that, you know, as great as these youngsters were yesterday and how good they were on the eyes, let's not get carried away too yet. Let's not, you know, push these these, these boys in. But mm-hmm. I must say, there are one or two really standout performers yesterday, weren't there? Yeah. Um, and I would love to see feature quite heavily um, for the next season. Um, but who, who, who would you go for? Who, who would you pick out as your, as your most, most yeah. impressed? 
was? Um, I was. Ugh, I'm twisted between a couple. Um, I, I, I'm going to say I'd love to see. I, I really like Smith, the centre half of number five. He's shorter than, but he's he seems to be really good on the ball. He, he but I think it well, doesn't he? He does definitely reads it well, and I, I think the clear standout everyone might go for, and I've seen online go for, was Adon Malakai, the left back, who was just lightning quick up and down the pitch. Had a gigantic throw on him, so he could take Fleming off the off the far end as well. Um, it's like, yeah, I, that is also a position you look at and go, well, left back. You know, I mean, he's not going to come in and be a well bit from day one of pre-season, but. That is a position where you look at our side and think, oh, you know, that could be a void ready-made to be filled in a year or so's time. Well, when you think about it, we, we've we've lost Malone now. So Malone's gone. We've got Murray Wallace has already left back. Okay, arguably you could say Callum Stoles could play there if we were to re-sign him. We don't know what's going to happen next season yet, do we, of course? But when um, I looked at him yesterday, the, the guy looked sound defensively, the sure defensively, knew what he was doing, positioning was great. He looked calm. He was good in the air. He had a good leap yeah. for a very short, short guy. A couple of times he goes into it, very committed. Yeah. Well. With his hairstyle, it helps him a little bit. He had a few yeah. extra inches on top of his head there, didn't he? But um, and then going forward, it was the composure. It was the, it was the dribbling. It was the, you know, the fact that he, he didn't mind taking a few touches and rolling the ball a few times and and and, and beating a defender and going going to the bar line and getting his crosses. His delivery was so good. I mean, yeah, he set yeah. up. Um, the goal for uh, a Coley, I think, didn't he? At the end, it was his free mm-hmm. kick. Yeah. Um, so he, he's got a decent left foot. He can deliver the ball. He can pass. He looked, he looked good, you know. And um, I mentioned earlier about not bleeding these players in too soon, but I think there's one or two of them, I think, can do a, a, do a decent job for us. And then I think they only get better and better with, with minutes. But someone like him in the back four, yeah. alongside you know, a, a Cooper and whoever is going to be there, give him a little bit of a um, mentoring, if you like. I think he'll do a fantastic job, and I think he'll give us what we need. And again, I mentioned earlier about players dropping like flies sometimes, you know, with cramp and all that. I don't think he went down once. He's let him like Yeah, he was, he was <laughs> Yeah, he was a strong kid. You know, he looked good, he's strong, he's fast, he's physical. Uh, I, I really liked him, and I agree with you. I think that was, um, he's definitely one that I would have um, looked, looked taken on if I could, yeah. Yeah, I think he's the. I think he was the clear standout. Like I said, first half I was really impressed with Shamar Lawson. I think you saw the yeah. physicality of his game, and he, he was a bit of an engine up and down, up and down. He, yeah. he lost it a bit in the second half, but I think that's because we was about the ball a lot, and we didn't touch mm-hmm. the second half. Obviously, Chester United were kind of more dominant side, and it's fair to say, um, Maku had that chance. We've not spoke about it yet. If, if it was fake, no, true, no. It, 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 he actually it, tweeted it, that tweeted that last night, didn't he? Did he? I think the Coley. Can you put something on there? I think the Coley retweeted something about his goal. Yeah, and Matthew said some sudden lines of faint, like, God for that. Because you've got, you got me out of the shit. <laughs> and he didn't laugh. Yeah. Like, so I think he realised himself, although I think it was ruled out offside anyway, but he, he, he basically fucked up, didn't he, at the post? I don't think it was ruled offside, you know, was it? I, I, if it was, I missed it. I think. Yeah, his flag went up. I think it was, yeah. Whether it was a... You sure he didn't just give a goal kick? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was. So I remember thinking at the time, you know what? You're lucky that that was offside because obviously that would have been really, really bad, you know? Oh, yeah, okay, Tracy. I mean, yeah, it was Nanaboa right build up, wasn't it? Nanaboa saying down the left, squares yeah. in, and the Maku's like, all the time in the world, all the space in the world, take the left foot and just smash it against the post. Like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a shame. Like I said, I'd like to have seen him sort of bury that one. I mean, he probably would have been more offside anyway, but um, I guess that's what you want, though. You want these youngsters to sort of play with no fear, do you? I mean, the fact he's making a joke of it afterwards. 
with a coley on 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 Twitter, um, shows me that he's obviously not too hung up over it. Um, but you're right. I think Charles like that, he's got a berry put away. I mean, can you imagine him playing a Championship League game for Millwall? It's one one with like two minutes left of the game. Yeah, and you have a chance like that, and you hit the posts. You know, would, would they be forgiving the fans? You know. We'll, we'll agree to disagree because it does say on the Millwall Academy Twitter that I was tweeting minute by minute. Incredible. Nanabaroten beats his bad and crosses to an unmarked Maku, but the Irish man smacks his close range shot against the post and it rolls along the line and is cleared. So it doesn't mention offside. So, I mean, okay. it could potentially have been offside or. Yeah. I think mean, it was a bit useless, weren't it, to be fair? I mean, I did yeah. see the line would definitely put his flag up. Whether the referee saw it or not, I don't. I can't remember what happened yeah. after that. But, yeah. Um, I remember the flag did go up because I think we all looked over and I, I remember saying, the first thing I said was, oh, he's lucky that was offside because <laughs> that, was, that was embarrassing, you know? Yeah. No, of course. I mean, so that was 55th minute on the on a minute by minute and then 10 minutes later, Peck scores a tap-in from a... Um, he, he was I mean, a good player, really. Yeah. He was a really good player. He was a captain, for, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, he was. I think he's a, he's a solid, solid winger, I think, as well, wasn't he? I thought he was quite decent for them. Um, I think it was uh, the player that, that number eleven that done the build up that hit the post in the first half oh. that had also the chance that kind of done a curly shot and from where we were sitting up similar. The Talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Was there Andre Brook. He was, he was quality. Yeah. And I think it was a curling effort. Top right. And it was going top right corner. Hits the post. Back Comes back and then... Pecks there to tap in to make it 1-1. And, I mean, we talk about ebbs and flows of the game, Joe, but obviously the rest of that half, it felt like it was only Sheffield United and probably win the game, to be honest. It was kind of hanging on a bit. Not many chances. Like you said, last 15 minutes, players start to go down with cramp, which was quite interesting to see. I mean, I guess it's maybe the intensity of the game, but also the, the profile of the game, maybe. It's just mentally and also physically affecting the players, potentially, and bringing the cramp on and stuff. Um, but it did feel like it was hanging on a little bit towards the end of the night. Yeah. I think both both teams were sort of struggling. It wasn't just us, was it? I think even their players were going down with, with cramp and injuries and, and we both seem to have it, you know, at this year. Whether it's just their age, maybe they're not quite developed yet. This is what I'm going, this is what I said earlier. Yeah, they're not quite at the, at the men's level yet, are they, you know? And with the physicality of it, it's probably quite a lot for them. Yeah. Could, could it be the, could it be the, 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 the mill pitch, you know, with rather than <laughs> about the pitch being a little, you know, a little bit too... Yeah, too yeah. Off. Uh, maybe too hard. They might have given me a little bit of um, uh, problems for them, but um, no, physically, I think it, it was tough for them, and, and they they did really well to kind of see it out. Um, but it was like backs against the wall a little bit, like you say, uh, Omar. I think the second half in particular, I do feel that Sheffield United came on. They looked the better team. Yeah, they, they, they played very very sort of wide. They were, they were knocking that ball around. They were, they were kind of hitting diagonal passes and trying to switch the play. Um, 
And then we started looking like the, like the, the real Millwall team, didn't we? The men's team were sort of sat, sat back, defensive. <laughs> you know, you're kind of shouting to get out, get out, you know. But again, is this all part of the tactics? Is this like that, you know, right likes? And that's what Nugent's trying to get them to do as well. Yeah. Kind of soak up the pressure, you know. Um, and and who, who knows? But yeah, it was it was quite difficult to watch. And I think, again, honourable mention there for, for Joe Wright. I thought he was fantastic. And okay. a few times he, he saved us, didn't he? He made some crucial saves. I think his um, ball handling was great at times, you know, when, when some shots were, were fired at him. He didn't kind of spill anything, you know. Um, I mean, could you see him, you know, potentially rivaling George Long for number one spot if it's too early? I mean, I have, I've seen youngsters 18 years yeah. old play for, for men's you know, first team. I mean, what, why couldn't he do it? Well, Joe Wright, right. he's been around the fold for a little bit, Joe Wright. Um, I'm trying to just find out his age, but I think he's 22 years old. Um, so that's so he's, he's towards the end of the, of the of the path, really. So a bit like Sanford in a sense, where yeah, let right time for go this summer. Um, and yeah. Joe Wright was always the year behind him. Um, and yeah. I think I've remember seeing Wright play when he was 18, like at preseason game at Bromley, like a middle 11s game and stuff. And it's like he's always looked a solid goalkeeper, but it's like you're you're wondering the same thing with Sanford, I suppose. Of are you really going to develop and be that top top player? And I think I think that's why also like. They signed that Connell Truman last year because I remember we bumped into Danny Marshall on the way home from QPR on the tube. It was him, Fleming, and a couple of others on the tube. Like, and is that where that clip goes round of Fleming and Creswell on the tube together? But Andy Marshall was on that tube too, and he was saying, um, you know, we've signed Truman as well because then we're allowing all our youngsters to go out and play football. Because I think for a goalkeeper, more than any position, it's like development games, yeah, yeah, but you need to play men's football, get kind of elbowed in the face at set pieces, and really bulk up in a sense. and I don't know. I think he went alone to Bath, didn't he, last year, Joe Wright? He looks a really good keeper. Some great saves. I completely agree with you, but it's a big step to go from Bath City to playing for Millwall in the Championship, isn't it? And it's had, yeah, do you need to make that roadmap? Maybe another loan from a higher level? I don't know how he really got on at Bath, but I agree with you. It was, it was really, really good. On the men, kept us in the game. Some really like close range headers being saved and stuff and set pieces where it comes in quick and doesn't have a lot of time to think and, and yeah and, it, 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 his kicking was good he was, I know he was yeah. left foot it's not like George um, Long wasn't there yeah. his kicking seemed good he got some distance on, on those as well didn't he definitely yeah I mean it'd be interesting um, I, 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 I'm not too sure I'm not convinced if, he, mm. if he's ready to do that jump and he, like I said he's 22 but We'll have to wait and see. I think I also wanted to give, well, before we move on to more players, I suppose, or maybe who could come into the team. But I don't know if you noticed the sub in the second half, Frankie Vid or Hid. Is that how you say it? Number 12 that came on. So number 12 is Frankie Vid. Frankie Vid or Hid. His name is H-V-I-D. And I have no idea how to pronounce that. But I'm going to say Frankie Vid. He's a... I just took up the fans behind me talking about him. And they were saying the local lad, he literally lives like five minutes away always um, Bermondsey, proper Millwall yeah. all the family. Um, a few of his family were actually in the pub afterwards when we went to down the Blue Anchor really? afterwards. Yeah, I think his brother oh, came in that. and stuff. And he's he's a proper like local Mill um fan, Mill family. Reminds me of Sid Nelson in a sense, where yes. that kind of that kind of like really youngster, real, isn't it? <laughs> black football boots, like no messing around, like I'm proper like short short sleeves, probably when it's snowing. I imagine. Yeah, <laughs> The first he did, Omar, you noticed it. He went for this massive tackle, didn't he? It was a ball yeah, three yeah. one. It's his first contribution. And he yeah. went, boom, straight at this tackle. And I thought, yeah, he, he's a, he's a middle, middle boy in this yeah. one, isn't he? You know? Definitely. And I think I'm not mentioning him more so as a stand-up, but more so just a one to watch and see where he goes with it. Because I think he only joined us in January, February. He was at Bromley, came through their youth setup, 
we signed him for this season, quite late into the season. So maybe watch this space and see how he develops next season more so, I'm going to say. Because obviously you've got a Coley Smith who, again, we've not really mentioned a Coley, but he took his head of goal really great. And you can tell he's a real captain, left-sided centre-half, a lot of like Jake Cooper, really. Big, strong. So like, I think maybe watch this space. If one of them go on loan and Frankie Vid gets his chance to play consistently next season, develop with the 21s. And, cause I think he's been a bit part, really, for most of the second-half season. But watch him with pre-season. The Millwall fan as well, like I said, it could he be the one that we kind of hope to captain the side one day? You know, he's got Paul Robinson as his mentor, you know, what the other 21s coach, which I think needs to be mentioned as well. Um, so, like, maybe it's like watch his space a little bit. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think the, um, the, the he certainly played with us with an almost uh, a kind of point to prove. It's almost like, you know what, he was looking for this moment for us for all his life, you know, to be playing at the den. With with the fans watching, you can see what it meant to. He had his little fan club up up, up the top, and they shout his name, you know, Frankie, Frankie, or whatever the scene, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, he, he he didn't want to disappoint me. You can see he, he was up for it. He, he was he was loving it. He was really enjoying it. And he played with a real kind of heart and determination, desire, which you you should expect from a Millwall boy. Um, you mentioned Akoli there. I thought he was great. I mean, Akoli, I've noticed that he has trained with the men's first team a few times last season. So mm-hmm. could Riot be looking at him as potentially this season stepping up? Yeah, you know, we look at, we look at how light we are on defenders at the moment, especially with Cresswell leaving and Hutch getting a bit older now as well. Um, yeah, could he be in the fray for, for this season? I'm not saying he's going to start, but yeah. you never know. He he might he might be able to step in at times when um when, when we need him to. Is he naturally a left footed player or was he even left footed? He is. I, yeah. think he's, I think he's a left side centre half. He, he, he's built like Cooper, isn't he? He's, he's absolute he unit. Is. He's quite tall as well. Yeah. yeah so. he, he's got a bit more agility and a bit more speed and pace than Cooper has. The only thing that I feel a bit sorry for him is that Cooper and, you know, the guy, his stats sorts of it all. Yeah, he's had over 300 games for us, doesn't he, Cooper? He very rarely gets injured, you know, very rarely goes missing or, or, or suspended. And if you're a left side centre back, you're really hoping and praying. That someone like Cooper gets injured or, 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 or loses out for you to fit, fit in. If you're a right footed player, you can almost play on both sides. It's always difficult when you're a left footed player to go into a team and play on the right side on your weaker foot, so to speak, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the only thing he's going to probably find a little bit difficult. But you never know. With a, with a flat back four, right might put him at left back sometimes, just kind of give him a taste of it, see what it's like, you know? But um, yeah, I think on that performance yesterday, captain's performance, scoring the winning goal. Um, you know, driving driving the the, the players around. Then like I said, it's very very vocal, very organised, and what he's trying to do. Um, and I, I thought he done he done again. That player they done done really well. Quite quite impressive. He's only a second year pro as well. He's nineteen years of age, so he's I think he's wow. turned twenty in October. So again, so these trying to to develop. I think he went on loan to Torquay at the start of the season. Played two or three games at the conference level. So. I think, okay. you know, it's, it's nice about a roadmap, isn't it? You know, you've got Alex Mitchell coming back, haven't you, from St. Johnston. Is that yeah. the chance for another place to go out on loan? Or, you know, it's. Mm. I think it's quite like, it's like a conveyor belt at the minute, isn't it, Joe? Because the elephant in the room here is we've, if we've got the best um, on the 21s team in the country, aside from the Premier League clubs, yeah. do these players need to get in the team? How how are we going to go about this? What's the, what, how do we challenge that one? Again, I, w- I would love to see them feature in and around the first team. My... My only concern is, you know, let's not have the blinkers on. Let's, let's look at the smoke screen. You know, yes, they they were fantastic. They were great. They were good in the eye. They look, they look, you know, they look really, really good. But there's a massive jump 
to championship football. I think the listeners that listen to this at the moment are probably going to be disagreeing with me, thinking, no, no, they're good enough, put them in. But believe me, you know, there is a massive jump there. And, and um, yeah. as much as we want them to do well, of course we want to get them involved in the first team. I think you mentioned yourself there, the players that have been out on loan last season, the likes of you know, a Bath, Torquay, these are lower, lower division teams, you know, and they're, and they're kind of breaking into those teams. What I'd love to see is probably them go out on loan to a League One side, maybe like a Neil Harris at Gillingham or something, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. get, get them in those kind of games, see how they cope in, in a division below, if they can deal with the physicality of it, if they can deal with the, you know, the intensity and what, because they're, they're, they're tough divisions to play in. We've seen it when we were all, we've been in there. It's yeah. very hard to be out of those, those leagues. If they can make it in that division, then I would say, right, let's test them at championship level because they're not all going to be lucky like SA, SA is to kind of go straight into the first team or, or play as often as he has been because, like I said, there's a massive, massive jump there. And I think you have to really kind of, you know, bleed your way slowly and, and maybe League One is, is a good opportunity for them to sort of test them, see how they cope with it. And they can do it, right, let's push on um, to, to the next stage. But you're right, we are quite lucky and privileged to have so many good youngsters at the moment in and around that, 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 that squad. Definitely. I think that's why I'm a bit conflicted because, like, you don't ignore the fact that you've, you know, you've got the, we've obviously won the 18s league with the same age group a couple of years ago. This now, they've now gone on to win the 21s league and they're progressing really. And it's like, well, how do we get these into the first team? But then you then, like you say about SA, like, if they're good enough, Rowett is going to trust them to play. So this is ultimately the underlying tone of it. So you've got to trust his judgment, I think, on these players really ultimately because. He clearly, if he clearly thinks SA's good enough, he brought him in. He clearly thought McNamara and Mitchell were worthy of playing after their loan spells. And he, and these are now prominent players in the side. So I think, you know, maybe there is that element of like, oh, look, look how well they're doing. We love, we all love the youth players. They love academy players coming through. So there's always that pressure. But I think, you know, reality is like, if, if they're good enough, Rowett will trust them to play and give them minutes to play. So... I think you've got to have an element of trust in the manager, really, to pick his right side and who he thinks is worthy of playing, haven't you? But it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's but then, like I said, the other side of me is like, but they're, they're clearly the best of their age group. Like, uh, I agree. I mean, it's such a, but you're right. And then I'm right too. It's like, these are like, they're going to conference and they're playing the conference and one got relegated on one side, the other one went to Torquay and struggled. And it's like, you know, like, it's but it's a learning curve for a bit. Yeah. Well, it's about from earlier. Can you learn in the championship? How do you learn absolutely. this training? To, to, to your point there, like when, when Tyler Bury went to Hartlepool, which I think they're in League Two, is that right? Yeah. Um, he really stood out, didn't he? I mean, they, they loved him there. He was on loan there. He'd done fantastically well. And I think that's why we recalled him, didn't we? I think we needed uh, him back and we, we brought him back. Now, he's a decent player and he, he he's shown that he can do it at championship level. But when you star and you stand out so, so well in that division in League Two, that then tells you, right, Let's move him to League One. You know, was the championship too too big a jump for him, maybe? Yeah. Trouble is, like you said, the players you mentioned there earlier, the likes of Bath, Torquay and all that, if you're, if you're not absolutely bossing it in that, in, at that level, then really, are you ready for the championship football? You know, you've mm. got to be literally head and shoulders. A bit like, you know, old players that come to Millwall, like Harry Kane, you know, Huckabee on loan. You look at these players coming, you think, Jesus, these guys are quality. And you can see that they should be playing levels above. And then obviously they get their chance in the Premiership, whatever, and they do really well. There's no surprise there. But I think, yeah, I think we've got to be a little bit patient with a few of these. Test them in, in a division below. I wouldn't want to go any, any lower because let's be honest, if you can't do it in, in League One, you've got no chance to do it in, in the Championship. I don't see the point of going to League Two or, or, mm-hmm. or the Conference. So you've got to sort of get back to a League One team. 
And like I said, someone like Neil Harris would be the perfect manager for our boys to go out to. We could send a couple of them out alone to Gillingham where he's going to play them. Yeah, he's going to develop them. He knows the Millwall way. He knows what, we, what we're about, what we expect from them as well. Yeah. I think that would be a really, really good move for a couple of these boys. And I'd love to see that happen. Um, one one player I did like, um, who's been lost for a little while now, is that Nella Boateng. Yeah. Now, um, again, going back to the training game earlier this season, um, he was one one of the players that really stood out. And I think in that game, we played Ryan Leonard at right back, from memory. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely tore Ryan Leonard to pieces a couple of times. He got to the bar line, went one way, went the other trickery. And he put Ryan Leonard on his, on his bum a couple of times. I did think himself, wow, that is good. You know, you, you can see what, what he's got, you know. And Abdul again, you can see what he's got on the ball. The trouble is, you know, what do they do off the ball? And that's always going to be the question, you know. Um, and I think the reason why we're not getting the opportunity to play as many of these youngsters in the first team, uh, and it's going back to something you said earlier in the conversation tonight, Omar, is do do we put them in a game where it's 1-1 or nil-nil? We, we don't want to mess up and lose the game. But if you're winning comfortably, you're 3-0 up, with 10 minutes left. Great opportunity until 15 minutes left. Great opportunity to put the youngsters on see what they can do. The trouble is, how often this season, last season, have we been, you know, 3-0 up with, with, with 10, 15 minutes left of the clock? Yeah. You know, it hasn't happened, unfortunately. And we're not lucky enough. So, given the, the fact that we, we we don't seem to, you know, push on and, and, and score many goals, we're never going to be in a comfortable position to allow these youngsters to come in and, and do what they want, you know, and, and don't track back or don't do the things we'll mess up because... We can't afford to to concede a goal because that see one goal we could end up drawing or losing the game, couldn't we? Margins are so high, or so slim. Sorry, the championship as well, isn't it? It's like it's big, yeah. big difference of the outcomes of games and stuff. And you're right, 100. percent I agree with you. I think it's it's if it's one of those where it's like, like I said, if the manager thinks they didn't have to play, but then maybe if the club want to see that, then there needs to be a bit of pressure from the club to do that yeah. to rally and say. But also then to give them the time and the lenience of saying maybe we'll lose some games through mistakes to these young players. But it's like. This is what you. This is the conundrum, isn't it? And it's also like, yeah, this is it. It's also the conundrum, like for for other clubs out there. I think you know, like if you play your youngsters, is where's it going to get you? But also, like if you're you're if you're now Joe Wright, you're 21 years old or 22 years old, and you're like, what's happening now? The mill thinking should we release him now? And then if you release him, he goes down the football league, or you know, it's because you get to that age now where it's like, well, if he's not in the first team yet, let's say with Sanford, but then. Sanford is quite a big guy. If he fills out in a few years' time, is he going to be coming back up the football league? A bit like Fred Oyedima, for example, at, you know, uh, of course, at um, Luton. Or you've got Eze, who we let go, of, and now he's at Palace. You know, it's, it's, it's such... This is, I think it highlights, like, you see these talented players, but it's like, how many matches are going to make it? But also, who's going to be the right one? It's I, I don't, yeah. it's, a fact, it's a factless task sometimes for a football club, I think, to pick that right one and go, we're releasing you. Declan Rice getting released from Chelsea. Like, you know, it, it happens everywhere, doesn't it? And it's... It highlights like the pressure, but also like the clubs are under pressure too in that sense, aren't they? I think. Yeah, I think I think it's so so tough. Like you say, I think you've got so many talented youngsters coming through. You, unfortunately, you're not going to bring every young player through. You know, you've got to mm-hmm. let some go, and it is a bit of a risk. And I wonder whether they look at everything, not just the player, as in how well they play. Do they look into their personalities? You know, are they a bad egg? And and a team you don't know, do you what goes on? You know, and, and what they what they're like. Um, some some players maybe the managers just don't take a shine to just don't like them for whatever reason don't want to give them an opportunity you know and they've been a little bit selfish with it who knows um, but I do think that a few of these guys do need to get a look and do need to get a chance yeah they're not going to get in the first team get them out alone 
because yes, they've done fantastic well this season and they're top of the league, like you say, and they're the best in the country. Fantastic. But where's the next where's the next step? Where's the next level now? You can't do what you did this season and go out again and just try and win the league again because you're not pushing them. Mm-hmm. These players now need to be pushed. They need to be developed. They need to go up to the next level. What well, that means get them to the first team or get them out on loan to a lower lower championship team or you know, a League One team, test them. They need testing. And um, you can't just leave them sitting in the under-21s because what's going to happen, like you say, is lots of as, as a, a, a Palace and, um, you know, Fred and all, all the others, they, they end up leaving and, and they'll probably come back to Bartles in the bum one day. We think, you know what? That's an opportunity we missed out on it, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. The old age conundrum. <laughs> I think it's like, it's like if you're good enough, what's this famous saying from Alan Hansen on Match of the Day? You'll never win anything with kids. But, you know, if you, yeah. sometimes it's, it's, like I said, it's, I think this is what I always come back to. It's like, what is the directive or how are we all feasibly going to get up there? But then we're still up. We're in there and in the mix a lot. But do we need to create our own players? Do we need to suddenly just like, you know, put five young players in? Is that a worthwhile strategy? It's a, such a balancing act. And, but long-term gain can we make our own assets and starters can make that the money belt to then invest in other players from abroad or it's it's always that question of how do you go about it and it's you're never gonna please everyone i suppose with that directive but you need to do it needs to be some sort of hopefully the club have got the clear strategy in their head of what they want to do i suppose joe yeah yeah. i think looking yeah looking at the, the players yesterday and i'm looking at thinking would i take a chance of a couple of these youngsters playing or would I stick with the likes of George Evans and Volksammer in our team? And I, I think I'd, I'd much rather mm-hmm. see us lose a few games and win a few games and kind of miss out on promotion next season if we're experimenting and bleeding a few of these youngsters in. Look mm-hmm. at Arsenal. I know we, we, we joked around, but, you know, look at Arsenal as an example of this. Okay, they're levels above us. But when you look at the likes of Smith, Rowe, Saka, Martinelli, um, you know, Niketi up front... These youngsters weren't exactly, you know, premiership world beaters, were they, when they, when they first started playing the first? They looked okay, they looked like they had potential, and they weren't doing brilliantly well. They, they were losing games, weren't doing fantastic. They were, they were trying to find their feet a little bit. But with the experience, with the development, and with the, 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 the faith showing these players, they've become really, really big players now. You know, Saka looks quality. You know, Martinelli, um, Odegaard, you know, okay, you could argue Odegaard, had potential because he'd been at Real Madrid and mm-hmm. he, yeah, everyone looked at him in marks as being a, a one of the kid with a younger anyway. But the point I'm making is, you know, like you mentioned there, do we sacrifice a year and maybe experiment with a few youngsters? Say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna trial this, we're gonna win a few games, we might lose a few games, or we're gonna take some risks, you know, just sort of bleed a few of these youngsters in to see how they perform and and um see what happens. You know, yeah. it's 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 a gamble. I mean, it could backfire massively. Could get relegated, you know. Or do we do we just push on, see how we get on this season? We're we're floating around mid-table with like ten games left, with no realistic chance getting in the playoffs. We then go right, you know what? Fuck it, let's just put the youngsters in now. Yeah, yeah. You know, run the games and see what they can do, you know, or play them for the cup games maybe instead. See how how they cope. You know, definitely maybe perhaps you know, but. Exciting times, isn't it? And I love the fact that we, we kind of dedicated this show to the under-21s about talking to everybody on the first team because yeah, yeah. I think, rightly so, I think these youngsters um, deserve the platform. They deserve for you and I and, and all the middle fans that to be talking about them at the moment and, and really beef them up because I think 
what they've done this season, not just yesterday, but the whole season, uh, I think it's, it's been truly remarkable. It's been, you know, obviously I'm very, very proud of them. It's a real credit to them what they've done, you know? Definitely. And I think the only thing I'd add to that is I had a great time yesterday watching them play. And yeah. it's, un- it's unfortunate that they play at one o'clock on, on Mondays and at the training ground and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I'm sure there's a logistical reason for that. Probably because if you're playing Sheffield United, you don't, you know, if you're not going to get many fans there, why don't you just get Sheffield United down early so you can get home early and stuff like that. But yeah. I couldn't help but thinking when I was watching that. Like, And I've, I said the same thing last week when we won against Hull. Like, please, can you make sure it's at a sociable time? Because I'm at work. I don't want to miss work. And, you know, it's like... It's this is a site I really, or even if the club could stream it and do a bit more for that, in a sense, because yeah. I think I think this is you're right. Like the exposure that we, we had yesterday to watch them play was brilliant, and I think that's the only only thing I take from that because I think it was a great experience for them, but also a great experience for us to be there, see it, see these players coming through, and get really excited about the future, in a sense, and it's a real spotlight on them. So I, yeah. I, I just wish there's more that the club can do next season for that to amplify that spotlight on them, and hopefully they do do that. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's, let's hope so. I mean, maybe the. The club saw, you know, the reaction from from the fans. I mean, I said we we're very vocal, that we're very supportive. There's two thousand turned up, so hopefully that, that shows that we are behind, you know, the, the, the youth. We are behind the under twenty ones, and maybe, yeah, that gives them a little bit of um, a, a sort of tip, really, to, to give them a bit more exposure because, you know, commercially it might do do good for for the club as well. Get more fans paying to watch. Maybe they are charging the fiver again, which I thought was pretty good um, yesterday. You know. Um, it, it's great. It's an opportunity to watch uh, watch some games, and um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to next season. I'll, I'll be interested to see how how these guys um, fit in if, if they do into the into the first team. Definitely, absolutely agree with you. I think we're gonna call it there, mate. I think yeah, that's right. So yeah, thank you for joining me, mate. As always, and nice to be back. Thanks <laughs> for having us on, mate. And um, yeah, obviously, uh, look forward to doing some, some more of these kind of shows going forward. Obviously, it's difficult now with the season over. Not much else to sort of talk about, really. There's no discussion of the sort of transfers just yet so um yeah it's great that we had this opportunity to discuss young 21s and um and give them the credit they deserve absolutely so thanks for in guys thanks for watching thank you for listening if you're new around here be sure to subscribe like the video on youtube if you're listening or watching on there and be sure to follow us on socials at that mill pod and yeah that's it from us see you again soon the talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.